On episode 82 of the new 8 Days of Geek podcast, CES 2019, Scarlet Witch gets a series, and Carriers did shady things. Surprise! Stay tuned. everyone to another episode of the new eight days a geek podcast i'm your host jesse miller and joining me as always the man who would gladly pay double today for a sofa delivered tomorrow <laughs> sean scott i mean not exactly but kind of <laughs> uh we were talking before the show about uh convenience pricing like when you go to the store in a 20 ounce soda in the aisle costs 80 cents, but you're willing to pay the dollar fifty to get it cold at the lane. Hell yeah, I am. It's the same <laughs> principle of getting furniture delivered. You can buy a two hundred dollar sofa, but you gotta chuck that sucker home yourself. You buy a four hundred dollar sofa, we'll deliver it to your house though. It's the same sofa. We're just bringing it right. to you. <laughs> I mean, in this instance, it was more along the lines of a $500 sofa and over $100 to have it delivered, whereas I said I wouldn't bat an eye if I was told uh, that the sofa was $600 and it was free to be delivered, uh, whereas I'm not going to pay over you know, $120-something, $129 or $125 or whatever it was to have it delivered and pay $500 for the sofa. That's like one-fifth the price of the, of the, of the uh, you know, of the sofa to have it delivered. That just doesn't make sense. No. But if it, if, if it was all included in the price of the sofa, I, don't, it, I know it doesn't even make sense when I say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, <clears throat> Amazon Prime is the exact same way, and I am guilty of that on Amazon Prime. And I used Wayfair as an example when we were talking about it because they ship everything for free, you know, and you can – and I didn't even know that my wife had to show me that. Like I didn't even realize that you could – order like large things from them like you can order an ent- you can order a sofa from Wayfair and and it ships free now i don't like the idea of ordering something like that online just because i want you know a sofa is something that i would like to see in person before i purchase it and have to spend the next you know 10 years of my life sitting on it you want to touch it with your um, ass first Right, right. But at the same time, you know, uh, it's a pretty genius uh, business tactic to, to, you know, you can buy this kind of stuff here and it ships completely for free. Whereas I'm in a position now where it's like I either have to agree to pay somebody a hundred and a quarter to deliver this to my house or I have to wait until, you know, I have a friend with a truck or somebody who can help me go pick it up, you know. (laughs) Uh, Pain in my ass. First world problems. All right, so in the blurbs, Sean, you are responsible for both of these. Oh, yeah, just a couple quick television notes here. The first one is something that I guess I've really kind of been asking for for a while now, and that's that CBS has uh, announced that they're officially going to going to cancel the criminal minds one of their longest running scripted series on tele one of the longest running scripted series currently on, on television at all. Um, it is currently in its 
14th season, and they will be soon wrapping up the 15-episode 14th season. And then they, the cast and crew will remain continuous production, shooting an additional 10 episodes uh, right then and there, which will air in the 2019-2020 broadcast season, and that will finish up the show. So it will finish up uh, after 15 seasons, and that will put it at 325 episodes, uh, which lands it in the top 20 of all time for most TV episodes. Um, that's, you know, that's an impressive impressive accomplishment yeah Yeah. i i still watch the show um it it definitely needs to you know end it's run its course definitely um and i feel like they're they're recycling a lot of storylines you know they 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 you know they'll go after a certain type of serial killer or whatever and I just feel like, you know, didn't we do this 12 years ago in season three Um, kind of feeling? So um, it's time. But, uh, you know, good on them. That puts them way up there. You know, that's they they've they're in like, you know, the pantheons of television history, if you will. Um, the next one is a little more surprising considering that it's like this television series or this uh, network's one of their highest rated shows. And that is that history channel has announced that, uh, Vikings will come to an end. Um, and, but much like criminal minds, it will come to an end after its next season. So Vikings is currently airing their fifth season, I believe. Yes. And uh, at the end of the fifth season, which is uh, going to end this month, January 30th, uh, um, the sixth season, it has already wrapped production, I believe I read. It's probably in this article somewhere. Uh, but the sixth season, which will air next year uh, as well in the 2019-2020 uh, broadcast, Podcast season will be the final season of Vikings on the History Channel. Now they're already in talks about developing spinoffs of this show because it is one of their highest-rated programs. So uh, you can expect to see something like that as well coming out of it. But uh, I'm a big fan of this show. I've watched this one beginning. Criminal Minds was something that I didn't pick up until after it had been on for several years, and then I watched it, and I'm already kind of tired of it, saying it should go away. Whereas you know. Vikings I've, I've watched since the beginning, and this was kind of a surprise, but not entirely. Um, you know, the, the show has really transformed a lot of two seasons or so. Uh, not too surprising that they have felt the need to bring it to an end. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So um, on to gaming. Gaming news. Uh, let's see here. First thing, Battle Royale shooters. They're taking over the world. Um, everything will be a Fortnite or a PUBG before too long. And they have actually started to perfli- proliferate. That was a word. Um, the first one I said wasn't. <laughs> Into Red Dead Online. So Red Dead Online, of course, is the online ver- uh, part of Red Dead Redemption 2. And, you know, it's uh, open world, kind of a shooter, kind of an amalgamation of, um, you know, uh, deathmatch type stuff, blah, blah, blah. They have a new version. 
um, that has come out uh, into the beta, and it's called Gun Rush. Uh, it's kind of in- interesting. Uh, Rockstar says it'll, uh, you'll put your survival instincts to the test, gathering weapons and ammunition while the play area shrinks in this new mode for up to 32 players. So it is basically like the Battle Royales of PUBG and Fortnite, just for about a third of the players. Uh, because those, of course, use 100 players and they go down. The play area shrinks as you go, forcing you all into kind of a little bottleneck where you all have to fight. Uh, I like it with 32 players better than the PUBG and Fortnite uh, 100 players. I think that's just too much. Uh, some people love it, but nah, Battle Royale is not my thing. So... If you are a PUBG or a Fortnite player or you just like Battle Royales, Gun Rush might be your game if you're into the Old West stuff. Um, I am in- incredibly surprised that you have not picked up Red Dead Redemption yet, John. Yeah, I don't have the time anymore to play, especially to invest in, in a game like that. Um, the multiplayer on that game was something that um and we must all so uh we must all forgive sean today his uh his internet is not in not uh not not playing well with us at all (laughs) say because every time i start talking my internet cuts it on Pretty much. Somebody doesn't want your voice being heard, Sean. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, we'll continue. We'll power on. Soldier on. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Next on the list, Fallout 76. You know, it's had a bunch of problems Um, from the beginning to now. It kind of is not great. Uh, all right. It's it's not good. It's you know there are things in it that are kind of interesting, kind of fun. For the most part, however, it's basically just a dumpster fire. Um. So another thing has come up where players are somehow able to get themselves into a developer room that can you know I mean these rooms have been in almost every single Bethesda game. It's a room where every single item in the game exists it's just giant rooms full of stuff uh in large quantities so if a player is able to get into a a room like this they can hop in they can grab all this stuff they can take it out and start selling it for real money or start using it you know and it's highly over leveled gear Um, so it is a problem for the gameplay and the online economy now what i think uh it's, it's one of those things where bethesda is probably I don't know. Seems like oh, I don't know. I don't know how to put it without it sounding just completely ridiculous. But they kind of seem like a whiny child when it comes to how they're dealing with it. Um, Bethesda has been banning people who get into this room, and they are basically reaching out to those banned players and asking for details on how those players got in. And they are saying that <clears throat> player accounts will, quote, simply remain suspended and unavailable 
until it until Bethesda gets a response from those players. So it's saying, if you don't tell me how you're doing it, you can't play my game anymore. And that is sad. (laughs) After the kerfuffle with um, requiring cheaters to uh, basically write an essay on a chalkboard about how they won't cheat anymore, and cheating is bad, uh, this just adds to it. I don't know what part of Bethesda is handling this, but you guys seem like a scorned parent, and maybe you should go to counseling. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like you got some shit to work through. <laughs> so, All right. <clears throat> That's, uh, hey, if you know how to get in there, a lot of players, what they're doing is they're actually creating a secondary account, going in there with that, grabbing all the shit, and then moving it out to their main account. Because items, once they're in the game, can't really be tracked. They can only track whether you got into that room or not. Um, so if you do that, I mean, kudos, man. And uh, maybe let me know how you're doing it. Um, Bethesda did just fix a duplication glitch recently that was allowing players to duplicate items, uh, ruining the in-game economy. But let's face it, Fallout 76 is in-game economy. Pretty much fucked anyway. So, you know. Why not just turn it into anarchy and we'll just we'll just burn this son of a gun down, you know? All right, let's see here. And if Sean's internet will hold out, let's. Get I have to tell you something, Trevor. News. It's time for TV news. I don't even know if it's worth trying. Oh, well, that went through well. <laughs> You sounded great for that sentence. <laughs> well, that's good. Let's let's hope that sticks out. So uh, the first story we've got here is Viacom. Viacom is the owner of uh, television stations like VH1, MTV, Nickelodeon, Paramount Network, things like that. Uh, they've decided that they want to get into the streaming business uh, alongside, you know, the likes of Netflix and Disney and, and just about everybody else. So uh, Viacom has recently held acquisition talks with two free ad-supported streaming video services as it looks to expand their digital reach. Um, I'm not familiar with either of these services, so you tell me if you've heard of these. Uh, the first one is 2BTV, a free service partly owned by MGM and Lionsgate. And Pluto TV, a Los Angeles-based company that has attracted investments from Scripps Networks Interactive, Sky, Third Wave Capital Partners, and Samsung Venture Investment Corp. Uh, 2B or Pluto TV? I have heard of 2B TV. By the way, you sounded fantastic that whole time. Um, I've heard of 2B TV. I've never used it by any means, but I've heard of it. Pluto TV? You got nothing. I've I've never heard of that one. That is, yeah. I don't know anything about either of them. And it says here in this article from Deadline that it's unclear whether the discussions will result in any kind of a deal. Um, it says uh, Pluto was exhibiting this week at CES, uh, where its exec- executives have been touting its growth and two hundred million dollar annual run rate. 
and then one source says the company is not for sale. So uh, we'll see. Um, but uh, it just marks, you know, another possible entry into the uh, large streaming service. You know, it just seems like everybody has a, a, seem, a streaming service now or, or that everyone is getting into the business, even though I feel like it's already been solidified, you know, don't you, you know, don't you feel like, you know, it's like Netflix, Hulu, Disney now, and their streaming service hasn't even started yet. And I feel like they've already, you know, find their, you know, spot as, uh, as, as one of the, as one of the giants, if you will. Yeah. I, it's one of those things where you just, you just don't need another streaming service. You know, Uh, people aren't going to pay, um, I mean, we're going back to the exact same problem that you had when you had cable. I mean, it just gets so expensive to have TV for all these different channels. Only with cable, you had to pay for a bundle, and now you're just paying for the channels independently. When we originally thought of the a la carte TV service for us cord cutters, it was because um, a la carte would have been cheaper. You only have to buy what you know channels you want. However... They are still right. It's doing it's a not bundle, uh, basically. It yeah, it's definitely not uh, an a la carte deal of any kind. No. But at the same yeah. time, when we're talking about our cable companies, I know here where we're at, it's there is no choice. You know, if you have a cable company, uh, you have the cable company. You have Spectrum. You know, that's the cable company you get. That's all you have. You don't have real, a, a, an option. Where at least here, if you don't want your cable company and you want to go streaming, even if you only want to pick one, you just pick the one that most fits your needs you know you can choose from hulu netflix disney at&t time warner is going to have their new one coming out you know uh at least you have choices you know we don't even have choices when it comes to television so uh, when it comes to your cable provider at least yeah but my my thought is that you know it's uh basically the bundles for your cable provider have turned into bundles for your streaming service because you still can't get, you know, I still can't get for a reasonable price one, uh, you know, like either TV show or one uh, channel, you know, or anything like that. Sure. You know, like uh, you, you order a season of something uh, via a TV show uh, like iTunes or Amazon or something like that. I don't remember. I mean, that costs a decent amount of money, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. You're asking me what something costs on iTunes? Hell, if I know. <laughs> okay, let me let me go Prime Video. Uh, I would say there is that. You know, uh, I mean, I would hope that a company like TiVo, you know, that, you know, I know I always, you know, I, I always promote them and talk about their, you know, their DVRs and whatnot, but, uh, and, and we can get into this a little bit later in, in the podcast when we talk about the, uh, the, the echo, uh, in regards to the fact that, you know, TiVo, you don't hear a lot of people like me talk about having one and whatnot, but they're still out there and they still do a lot of business and they're still like, you know, uh, uh, very, uh, uh, present. And, and if 
if every network could develop, you know, if literally every single network could develop their own individual streaming service like that, then you would think something like a TiVo could then be used to essentially a la carte. You know what I mean? Every, you know, every, you could just you could just purchase the the streaming service from each individual network instead of having them bundled together on. Uh, you know, uh, uh, a Disney service or a Netflix service or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then something like, uh, mm-hmm. something like a TiVo would be able to, you know, uh, um, all of those, uh, you, you know, inst- you could, you know and, and a Roku would be the same kind of deal, you know, or a Fire Stick or, you know, anything like that. They're, they're all kind of the same devices now, except for the fact that TiVo is, is still a DVR, you know, that's the, really the yeah. only thing that separates it from, you know, like a Roku at this point. All right. So, um, Buying Doctor Who season eleven in HD is twenty six dollars. So that's one season of one show, twenty six dollars, three dollars an episode if you buy it singly. I, like the BB, what if BBC America just had you know like like you could just subscribe to them and always get all of their content streamed to you no matter what on demand for you know five dollars a year or or you know whatever the price is I'm just throwing an asinine amount sure, out there sure. you know. Uh, uh, and then, you know, again, then you're looking at an a la carte thing. And if you had something like a Roku or, you know, the new TiVo over the air DVRs that they're talking about, where you could just download, you know, the BBC streaming service directly into it, you know, you could uh, essentially begin a la carte everything, but you're still talking about needing its own streaming ability. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at every, every network needing its own subscription service. Yeah, and see, I'm looking at BBC right now, and I mean, I'm afraid to sign in because if I sign in, it's probably gonna. Uh, but the way it works now is that you go to the BBC America website, and when you go to sign in to you, you know, to view everything on demand, you have to log in using your cable company provider credentials, you know, and and, then, and if you have you know BBC America on your sp- Spectrum account, and you can watch. Oh, okay. Yeah, everything through there. Can't watch it on the BBC website. Yeah, now I see. Okay, I was wondering how they were going to manage that because it allowed it allowed me like full episodes and all. And there are some back I back when I first uh, watched Rick and Morty, the adult. Believe they allowed me to watch like the first episodes without even putting in it, and then after you watched like the first two episodes, they gave you for free, would immediately begin prompting you if you wanted to watch anything more. You had to be able to log in through, but if you don't know why it's like that, I don't know, you know, if there's a deal in place. Place that you know prevents them from being able to stream things. Heaven. <laughs> um. Every every time I think Sean's internet is getting better, it 
it it, it shits itself. <laughs> ah, I love it. It's great. All right, so the next story we've got is Tribune Media and Charter Spectrum. Uh, probably the most, uh, uh, the biggest TV story in my life for the last two weeks or so. Uh, do you, are you a Spectrum customer? I am. And did you even notice this? I don't know if you watch anything like on live television, really. Oh, like, did this, did this affect you? I don't have Spectrum cable. I just have Spectrum internet. I'm a the internet. Gotcha. Gotcha. So <clears throat> I didn't even realize that, uh, expect this to happen, honestly, because as a, as a cable customer over many years, you see this all the time where the, uh, the cable company and the local carrier or whatever they're called, um, you know, aren't going to come to us, you know, our, their contract is running out and they constantly run the little warning across the bottom of the screen, you know, saying, if you don't want to lose, <laughs> you know, this station or that station or the other station, contact your cable provider and tell them to pay us more money, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, they always end up coming to a deal and you know, everything is fine. And, uh, I, I can't recall ever, you know, having noticed, uh, any stations being removed from my, from my, from my lineup, but, uh, charter and tribune media tribune owns, um, I believe it's 30, 30 something stations across the country. Um, and most of them are your local affiliates for like the CW, and for Fox, I believe they owned <clears throat> several CBS affiliates, and they also uh, own WGN. And uh, after January 2nd, I believe, uh, yeah, that's what it says in the article here, on January 2nd, all of those stations went dark because their contract ran out with Spectrum. And they actually removed the stations from the from the lineup. And so uh, Charter just began running, you know, like this insanely negative ad towards Tribune Media regarding, you know, what they were demanding to continue carrying their stations. And it carried on until, uh, Friday morning, I believe, was when the uh, deal was made that allowed them to come back. So um, that was like nine days, I believe, they were off the air or something like that. And, and and I believe at least one of those days included days with NFL playoff football games. So it was a, it was a pretty big deal uh, in regards to this type of um, – this type of contract negotiation, you know, they, they, I, I think they don't typically get this contentious. And, uh, and, uh, I know a lot of people were really pissed off about the NFL playoffs specifically. So I know I had to resort to watching several of the Fox shows, you know, like, uh, Family Guy and the Orville came back and things like that. And I had to resort to watching them on Hulu, you know, the day after they aired on live television. So it was kind of nice to know that a lot, that basically every show that I missed was a available on Hulu uh, within 24 hours of when it was on television. So once again, makes me uh, um, feel justified in my purchase of my Hulu subscription. Hmm. Yeah. This, this kind of stuff, every time it happens, it just really pisses me off. You know, I mean, it just points out why the current state of, entertainment you know uh tv is just so crappy you know i never like to defend you know spectrum charter uh in any way i've 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 
been a forced customer of theirs for many years because of my allegiance to TiVo and the fact that uh, the newer devices only work with uh, with cable cards. In this particular instance, though, I have to side with them. I mean, the 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 retaliatory ad that they were running on those networks after Tribune pulled their programming was pretty damning, in my opinion, in regards to what Tribune was asking of them. And and it was pretty awesome that they broke it down the way they did, uh, explaining to the customers how much money that Tribune was demanding from them to carry these networks. And if you think about it, other than WGN, which is a cable network, um, we're talking about local stations. We're talking about stations that you get for free if you have an over-the-air antenna plugged into your television. So why should Charter have to pay, you know, three times what they pay any other local affiliate carrier to carry those particular stations? You know, they're available for free to all of their customers. You know, it, it just doesn't make sense that Tribune would demand that kind of money. And I have not seen, you know, Tribune uh, make any kind of argument as to why it would be necessary. Um, so, but I'm glad they came to a deal and that, you know, I can go back to, you know, recording the Orville and, and, and things like that on Fox or CW. Cause all the CW shows are coming back. You flash and arrow and all that. I can go back to DVRing those, to TiVoing those instead of having to wait 24 hours and watch them on Hulu or, you know, a streaming service. So. First world problems again, I guess. I know. You sounded fantastic that whole time, by the way. That's good. The next story we've got is the Disney streaming service. So we mentioned them earlier in our discussions. There's been a lot of streaming service talk today, and there's going to be even more later on. So um, Disney has announced yet another one of their upcoming Marvel series that they're going to put on their new Disney Plus streaming service. And we're going to get a live action television series starring The Vision and Scarlet Witch. Now, I'm going to be honest, like, that's like the one storyline from like the whole Avengers thing that I'm just, I just don't care that much about, (laughs) you know? So to give you an example, on, uh, on New Year's Eve, my wife and I did the whole Thanos snap thing because we didn't have anything better to do. <laughs> and so we, uh, you know, I looked up the time online after I'd read the article about it. You, you'd heard about this, right? I like, did not. So, we- so uh, one of, uh, there was like a Reddit, I believe it's where it started, but everyone was discussing like when exactly you need to start the movie, kind of like a Dark Side of the Moon, Wizard oh. of Oz thing. So how you, so when, when exactly you start the movie to make Thanos' snap occur at the exact stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve. And, uh, and so that's what I did on New Year's Eve here at the home. The wife and I, you know, looked it up and then we timed the, uh, the, the, the movie streaming on Netflix to, um, uh, <laughs> to have Thanos' snap occur at the stroke of midnight. And it was, it was spot on, dude. It was really, and it was really fun too, because like I had only seen infinity war once before and I didn't recall the exact moment that the snap occurred. And so when we were sitting here watching it 
And like we had our phone brought up with like a second, you know, clock countdown. And we were like three seconds away from midnight. And I was like, oh, there's no way that this snap is going to occur right at the, oh my God, it just happened. You know, like it was, it was amazing. <laughs> and it occurred right at the exact, it was, it was fantastic. So it was hilarious. Wow. Uh, but uh, when we were watching that movie that night, like once we, you had to hit play at like nine, nine forty eight or nine fifty something uh, PM. And once you hit play, obviously you couldn't stop it or the timing would be out. And so we had hit, had, you know, we hit play and we hadn't had like a dinner yet that evening. And so we had to find a time during the movie that uh, I could run upstairs and like, you know, cut pizzas up and things like that and bring them back downstairs for the two of us. And I waited until the part of the movie where they go to Europe and it's vision and Scarlet Witch and they're having all of their emotional like, don't leave me storyline and all that kind of stuff. And that was the part of the movie. I was like, I don't need to see this. It was the, it was the only part of the movie that I just didn't particularly care about. So, um, not not incredibly excited uh, about this news, but it's still interesting because it is a, a, a Marvel series that will be on Disney Plus, and it will be starring both um, Olsen and Paul Bettany. Yeah, who play Vision and Scarlet Witch. So, you know, you're talking about the big screen characters coming to the small screen in a in a television series, which I think is pretty cool, you know. Um See, I don't think they have a whole lot of other details here other than who the writer is. And they've tapped the, uh, the Jack Schaefer as writer of the uh, upcoming series. He is also the writer of the Captain Marvel feature. So uh, the person who has written Captain Marvel will also be writing this television series. So that's you know, keeping everything like within that whole Marvel cinematic universe of theirs, you know? Yeah. Um, hmm doesn't really give a premiere date or anything that I see. Um, but uh, if you're planning on subscribing to Disney plus, then I'm sure you'll yeah, when it debuts. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think I'm, uh, I like the vision and Scarlet Witch cool is cool. Character, but I just don't, know how much There's, i want to see him their whole love story yeah well just yeah. the whole love story storyline like eh, it's just not interesting to me I, i'm more interested in in like scarlet witch in regards to like her relationship with magneto you know and and being and and that's something that they've have not never been able to explain or dive into at all in the marvel universe because they didn't have the rights to the x-men you know um and so it'll be interesting to me to see how they pull all that together now that they have purchased Fox and they will have the rights to the Mar- to the X-Men universe. Are, are they even going to bother tying all of that together in some way, you know, uh, um, in regards to father? <clears throat> gotcha. Okay. So let's see. The last story I've got here <clears throat> is Netflix. Netflix, as we've talked about uh, previously, has made a big push in their animated series uh, division. Uh, lots of animated content, lots of anime specifically, um, but also more adult-oriented animated television shows such as like F is for Family or Big Mouth. Uh, and Netflix has recently commissioned a new uh, uh, adult 
animated show. And this one kind of sounds cool to me. I like the idea of this one. So this one comes from Tim Miller and David Fincher. Uh, and so I would you've probably heard both of those names before. Um, Tim Miller is the director of uh, Deadpool. And David Fincher is the director of... Um, so they are going to had a animated anthology series on Netflix called Love, Death, and Robots. We'll cover an array of genres, according to comicbook.com. Uh, the title will dip into classic sci-fi as well as comedy, fantasy, and horror. Uh, lots of artistic talent as each episode was overseen by a different animator team. So this means the anthology will embrace its individual episodes, unique style, and they will vary greatly from 3d to 2d, uh, love, death and robots plans to do it all. So, uh, this sounds pretty interesting to me. I, I like the idea of like an adult themed animated anthology, you know, every episode is going to have a different type of animation, a different style. Um, that seems really interesting to me. It's really, uh, really intriguing. Um, here in the article from at NX on Netflix, uh, and it says, here's a sample of what you can expect from Tim Miller's animated anthology, Love, Death, and Robots. And it says, uh, Werewolf Soldiers, Robots Gone Wild, Sentient Dairy, Alien Spiders, Bloodthirsty Demons from Hell. So uh, this sounds uh, this sounds pretty cool. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm again. You know, I've I've said it a million times. I am always willing to see something new on a uh, streaming service I already have. <laughs> you know, I don't, have, right. I don't have to subscribe to anything new, and I get to watch new stuff. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, it's absolutely something I would, you know, I'll give it a try. And, and if, if the first episode or two catches me, I mean, he, it, I, I like animation stuff, um, but I'm not a big fan of anime. Of the differing animation styles, but if, if, it, if it goes anime heavy, um, then I may not be as uh, I don't know, as prone to you know getting hooked, I guess. Uh, this this tweet is pretty good. I like the tweet. Did you did yeah. you read that? Do not hear me read it. Did my internet cut out, or were you just not paying attention? No, it might have, it might have cut out. It might have cut out. I like the sentient dairy part. <laughs> Wonder how that one's gonna work out. You know what this well, kind of, when I you know what this kind of reminds me of? Uh did you ever watch the Animatrix? No, I don't think so. It came out after the Matrix, and it was basically a collection of animes of different styles that were stories branching from the Matrix and stories that were like it helped with the idea of the Matrix and it was just kind of like a big amalgamation of different anime stories. And it this reminds me kind of of that. All kinds of different uh, types of, uh, you know, from 2D, 3D to 2D animation, all this different stuff. It's Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Why not? I'm, I'm like you, though. I, we've talked about when it before. I, we don't care for anime. 
But when I read sentient dairy at first, I was like, that's got to be a typo, right? It's going to be like sentient diary, you know, it's like, oh, it's like a sentient diary. It knows all your secrets. And then I think there's like a little, uh, I've already closed out the website, but I believe there was like a little icon next to it that was like a glass of milk. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. They really do mean sentient dairy. Um, so yeah, no, that should be interesting. (laughs) That's awesome. I'll watch it just to see what sentient dairy is. Yeah. You betcha. All right. <clears throat> so, tech news. On to my section. Uh, AT&T. Sean, do you have a AT&T for your phone? You do, don't you? I do. Okay. Uh, so, here's the thing. We've talked about 5G before and what 5G is and, you know, who can have 5G and what's it good for and all this crap. Um, AT&T has made the decision to push out a little bit of an update that basically makes 4G phones 5G phones. How awesome is that? Just a simple update. They made a four, all the 4G phones and I, or 5G phones. 5GE phones. Sounds too good to be true. You know, because all they did is change the 4G icon to an icon that said 5G. <laughs> Literally. That is all they did. Because... To them, 5GE is a marketing term. It is not an actual standard. So their enhanced LTE is now 5GE. The E stands for evolution. Just like if I turn off my if I turn off my Wi-Fi connection, is my phone going to say that I'm on 5G? Uh, let's see here. I don't remember if I had a list of the phones that were going to do that doesn't it says 4g lte yeah so i mean it's not all phones um so they're just going to start calling 4g lte 5ge um see it says here in this article from uh ars technica that the company started rolling out a software update to several android phones over the weekend <clears throat> and what was called 4G yesterday is now called 5G today. Through the power of marketing, AT&T now has 5G in over 400 markets. How awesome is that, right? Again, too good to be true. Uh-huh. So, yeah, sure. LTE Advanced um, is, you know, a little bit faster than regular LTE and all this stuff. But it's not 5G. 5G is an actual set of technologies that is not LTE. Uh, we've talked about this, uh, the millimeter wave 5G, you know, for, uh, you know, you, you have the long, you have the long range, you have the short range 5G. Um, so, you know, it's, I, I, it just pisses me off when companies do crap like this, you know? I, I just don't understand how... I mean, it's because they're saying it's a marketing term that they can call it whatever the hell they want, you know? So, I... Boo, AT&T. And of all the carriers to do it, this is the one I would expect to make a stupid-ass decision like this. You know? so Because AT&T is actually the one who originally called uh, HSPA+. Plus which wasn't LTE, they called it 4G. And 4G at that point was synonymous with LTE. 
So all they did was call it 4G. You can, I guess, technically call anything anything if you really want to, as long as there's that little asterisk, <laughs> you know. So if you are on AT&T and you get a, a little icon, it changes from 4G to 5GE, don't believe it. It makes no sense whatsoever, and you are still on 4G. Don't let them bullshit you. All right, so CES happened while we were on our little holiday uh, getaway. Uh, I did tweet out that we weren't going to have a uh, an episode. We decided to uh, sit at home, and I was going to ponder uh, how much I hated Sean's face. Um, I did that, and I, I actually hate his face a lot. So there's that. But CES happened, and that made me happier. So at CES, I'm, I'm not going to cover everything because, God, there's just too much. And a lot of it this year especially is not that crazy. Uh, there wasn't a lot. There wasn't any of those items that uh, happened and, like, just exploded my brains. So eh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about some stuff that I actually did uh, really enjoy. So the first thing, Vive. Um, I do have a Vive headset. It's, you know, the VR headset, uh, one of the premier, you know, VR headsets. So you have an Oculus or you have Vive, the two different companies. Um, Vive updated the Vive Pro headset and also announced a new headset called the Vive Cosmos. So, uh, the first one on our links here, let me make sure, is the Vive, the updated Vive Pro. So, what you're getting, it looks basically the same. Um, now it adds in eye tracking. So you can actually, uh, you know, games games and applications can programming in uh, to where whenever you're looking around and you move your eyes, it actually moves things to the headset or it focuses on what your eyes are looking at. You know, adaptive focus technologies, things like that. Um, one of their things is lifelike avatars so that your avatars blink when you do, you know, um, I don't know how much, I mean, I guess that's ready player one getting there. Um, so let's see here, uh, 2880 by 1600 per eye. I believe, no, that's probably across both eyes, uh, for the displays. Uh, 15 foot by 15 foot room scale, which is giant. So, uh, really, truly, the biggest innovation they're having is that eye tracking. Nice. Yeah. What's more interesting to me is the second one, and that is the Vive Cosmos. So, it's, it's not uh, it's not like the Oculus Quest where you can ditch the computer. You still need the computer. The controllers have been updated. The headset have has been updated. Uh, it's supposed to be way more comfortable to wear. There are several different features, uh, you know, padding and positioning of um, headset stuff. And uh, one of my favorite things is the flip up function, where you can actually f you have the headset on, but then you can flip the visor up. Uh, that really comes in handy if you're the only one playing, because you have to flip it up to kind of work with your computer if something happens. So that's going to be handy. Um, another thing, and this this comes from the Oculus Quest, and I'm glad HTC is making their own version of this. 
the ability to do six degrees of freedom tracking without the lighthouses. The Vive's lighthouses were never necessarily a problem uh, for a permanently installed Vive setup. So mine are mounted in the corners of my office. They're mounted to the wall, so they just stay there. And that's perfectly fine, but if I ever wanted to take my Vive somewhere, I would have to climb up on a ladder, unscrew those things, and take them with me. Um, They are wireless, but they're mounted to the goddamn wall. I don't want to do that. So this makes it to where your headset can be taken off your computer, plugged into a laptop, and taken with you if you really want to. Uh, Or take your whole computer if you're that kind of person. If your computer's that light, mine is not. Um, So that is going to be awesome. I cannot wait to see what kind of uh, performance they get with the tracking, uh, not having to use the lighthouses. The um, the headset is nice because it is basically, you know, when the Vive originally came out, it came out with a basic headset. Uh, you used your own earbuds. It had, you know, straps for adjustment. And then the Deluxe Audio strap came out. They had the click adjustment in the back like a hard hat and had built-in um, headphones. This one just comes with that. Uh, click adjustment, built-in headphones. So that's, uh, that's going to be pretty cool. And then the new controllers... I'm going to reserve judgment until I hold them. They look weird. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if those are going to be comfortable or not. <laughs> uh, I guess your your results may vary. Your mileage may vary. It uh, looks like the buttons will probably be much easier to hit, and there are more buttons, I believe. Uh, the little joystick as well. So that might be useful, but I don't know. They look very small, like the palm part of your hand is smallish. I'm not sure if that's going to work out in my favor or not. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be very uh, very cool one way or the other. Um, anytime new VR stuff comes out, I geek out because VR is just so damn cool. Uh, I don't have... Uh, let's see here. Vive Cosmos Resolution. I'm interested in the resolution of these displays, but I don't necessarily know what the resolution is. Um, I would assume it's probably, it might be about the same as the Pro, maybe, but I'm really not positive. I I haven't been able to find the actual resolution of the displays anywhere. So, all right. Is that going to get you into a VR headset, Sean? None of that interested me at all. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Okay, so um, Sean should be looking for a new computer because... As I actually clicked on these links, whereas like, like I didn't even click on the links you put in the show notes for that Vive crap. Uh, I'm actually clicking on these links, and I, I looked at the first one, and I was like, that's a really nice-looking laptop. Oh, yeah. And then I keep scrolling down until I see the price at the bottom, and I was like, oh, eat a dick. So I'm not even going to – I wouldn't even consider that. Yeah, I wouldn't suggest that first one, Sean. Oh, yeah, I'm going to move on to the second one while you start talking about the first. You do that. It's not going to do you any good. Um, so uh, <laughs> the first one we're talking about here, I, I just outlined – you're going to want the third article, Sean. Uh, I just outlined <laughs> some of the most interesting – not necessarily the best, but the most interesting 
uh, laptops at CES. Uh, Engadget did a really great article summing a lot of them up and breaking them down into, you know, per laptop articles. So kudos to them. Um, the first one, though, Alienware Area 51M. Uh, this Alienware obviously is Dell's gaming branch, um, dedicated to gaming laptops, gaming PCs. They have come out with the 51M that is basically going to be a user upgrade. I put this in quotes, a user upgradable laptop. Now, what that means is it's basically using a CPU, um, like a desktop CPU loading mechanism. So anyone who's built a computer knows that nowadays you basically put the CPU on the um, uh, socket and then the little lid slips over and then you latch it down and us PC builders have done it billions of times. So the same exact thing is going to happen to this laptop. It's going to have that little uh, little socket. You slap your CPU in, blah, 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 and you can upgrade it. That's awesome. Uh, however, most of the time my computer dies before my CPU dies or even becomes outdated. Because the CPU, if you buy them relatively new and relatively high spec, it's less likely uh, for you to need, you know, need to upgrade it. Uh, however, graphics cards, that's something I go through at least two or three in each computer I own. You are also able to upgrade the graphics card in this device. However, big caveat, it is using the Dell graphics form, uh, form factor DGFF GPU slot. That means that card manufacturers are going to have to support a third-party slot in order for this to even become a thing. And no one has necessarily said they're going to. Uh, this reminds me of the original Dell XPS. Not the XPSs we know of today, but the very first Dell laptop that had the XPS moniker uh, before <laughs> Alienware was even around, it was able to have an upgradable graphics card but no one ever put out a graphics card for it because hey, that might literally be what I'm working on here. No, it's not. I trust me. I not even, not even my XPS. I no, mean, this thing is it's uh, before that. Yeah. Does your, so old. Does your XP, <laughs> is your XPS um, two and a half inches thick and weighs probably about 10 pounds? Big, but I wouldn't say 10 pounds. Yeah. No, I mean, it's got a core duo no, uh, see, processor. This is back in the Pentium 4 hyper threading days. Uh, I have okay. I have this laptop in my basement right now. <laughs> it was one of my first laptops. $3,300 worth of laptop, by the way. Um, so, because it is a third-party slot, I mean, I would hope that manufacturers are going to supply cards for it, but they're, depending on how well this laptop sells, it might not be beneficial for them to put in that production, you know? Uh, it would have been nice to have seen them come up with something a little bit more standardized, but in a laptop, I don't blame them because you freaking can't. The thing's not that big. You can't have a full-on PCI slot or anything. So, we'll wait and see. It might be interesting. might be a flop. Either way, it's a decent laptop. Uh, if you're into the gaming laptops, I am not really because they are giant. So, I'd prefer my laptop not look and sound like a jet engine. Uh, another gaming laptop that came out, this one from Asus, is the ROG Mothership. This one's very interesting to me, um, just for form factor's sake. So Asus has been, or all manufacturers really, have been fighting with the problem of making a high-powered laptop out of desktop components 
and dealing with the heat. These things are giant and they have huge loud fans because of the heat. So Asus basically said, well, why not take all of that stuff and instead of having it under the keyboard against a desk where it has no breathing room, we'll put it all behind the screen and then the keyboard will be super thick. Oh, and how about this? Let's make the keyboard removable. So now you have the ROG mothership. Uh, it is basically, the, I described it to someone as a Microsoft Surface for PC gamers. It it looks exactly like a Microsoft Surface would if it was made for PC gamers. So uh, it's very interesting. Lots of really high quality components, big uh, two power supplies. So, you know, it's, it's not you're not using Microsoft Office on this thing or Google Docs. You're you're gaming. That's what it's for. So why not? Uh, and then I also added a third link. I'm not really going to go over any of these. Actually, uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, I'm not going to go over any of these because there's just too many of them. But it is in Gadget's article. Um, outlining some of the best laptops that were at CES this year. There are some interesting ones in there. So if you're in the market for a new laptop, check it out. Sean? And it's the Dell XPSs that were in there, but even they seem pricey, man. Like, I just don't want to spend much on a An XPS on 13 a is really nice. We can talk about this after, but that that's the smaller version of the one I have. It's a, it's, it's a nice little laptop. So I'll, I'll make some suggestions after. Uh, Lex- Lexar <clears throat> has actually said that they are going to be really, they unveiled the first one terabyte SDXC flashcard. One fracking terabyte. That's pretty impressive. That's the size of a goddamn postage stamp. That's amazing. <laughs> So, with the advent of 4K and even 8K footage, this makes things fantastic. Now, while SD XC cards at one terabyte are going to be amazing for storage, they still have the same SD limitations for write speed, around 95 megabits to 100 megabits per second. I typically see more like 90 out of them, but that could just be the gear. Uh, so, you're still not going to be recording crazy bitrate stuff on this. Uh, you know, No more than cameras that are already out there. But you're going to be able to record a shitload more of it. So, that's awesome. Uh, more storage in smaller spaces, man. That's that's a great direction to be heading. What a wonderful time we live in, right? <laughs> uh, then the next article I have here is in Gadgets, uh, the best of CES 2019 finalists. Uh, some of these are interesting, but uh, you know, a little bit beyond me or beyond a basic consumer. Um, some exoskeleton stuff from Samsung. Um, I'm just going to scroll through these rather quickly. There's a new breast pump available, which apparently is like, <laughs> it's basically, uh, I was, <laughs> I, I had a, I had a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of fight in my head right there because my original thought was I was going to say, there's a new breast pump that just got announced and apparently it's the tits. <laughs> That's crass. I know, but I, I I backed off, and then I'm like, no, fuck it, say it. I don't care. <laughs> but anyway, apparently it's pretty cool. So I, I've never used a breast pump, but hey, whatever. Uh, bring it on. Uh, now, there is a uh, 
a bell helicopter or like a quadricopter uh, air taxi concept that was there. That was kind of cool. This one is such a simple thing, but it's so cool. Uh, if you've ever towed a trailer and you have a backup camera, you know that towing the trailer pretty much makes your backup camera useless. Uh, there's a technology called Valio or Valio, I'm not positive, Extra View, and it basically uses a camera on the back of the trailer with the camera on the back of your vehicle, making it to where you basically can see through the trailer. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah, check I'm out looking the at the picture. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture right now. Yeah, it's nifty. Uh, let's see here. Lots of speakers. Uh, home Run, Scribe Duo. Home Run is the company that makes the uh, HD Home Run uh, TV digital TV tuners. Uh, I actually use the Quadro in my house for my Plex Media server. You basically plug it in to a network or plug it into your over the air uh, antenna and uh, network connection, and it lets you stream all your channels over your network. You are also able to subscribe to HD Home Run Service and have an online DVR. The Scribe Duo will now offer a built-in one terabyte hard drive that will record 150 hours of 1080i recording. Um, they also have another box, I forget what it's called, but it's uh, you plug it into your network and it expands on that one terabyte. Uh, so th- that's cool. Uh, more more over-the-air uh, DVRs. Uh, because if you can get over the air, it's free. Um, lots of connected appliances, connected ovens, and I don't know. That stuff doesn't really appeal to me. If it does to you, this article is definitely linked. You should definitely go check it out. Uh, gaming hardware. Um, again, eh, it's it's just a lot of new graphics cards that do... A few new things over the old ones. We're talking about the RTX 26, uh, 2060s. Um, so eh, every year there's going to be new graphics cards. That's just the way it works. Uh, Breadbot. This one was interesting. It's a giant appliance that just churns out 10 loaves of bread every hour. <laughs> if you like bread, get the, get the fucking Breadbot, man. Um, I'm looking at this thing. Jesus. <laughs> It's and it take up like my entire kitchen. Yeah, and it looks like Willy Wonka's bread factory. Look at that thing. It's awesome though. <laughs> um a heated razor. You can burn the burn the hair off your f- oh, that's probably not what it's for. But um let's see here. It's supposed to give you a hot towel shave from a razor. It says the bar itself reaches uh. 110 degrees Fahrenheit, heating your shaving foam gel or bar of soap lather, and then your skin in the process. Mm. Um, a new and upgraded Impossible Burger 2.0. So if you like the meat substitute that was in the original Impossible Burger, it's getting more impossible <laughs> Uh Let's see here. Oh, hey, Sean, there's the Dell XPS two, uh, 13 2019. That's a pretty good uh, laptop right there, just saying. Um, let's see, lots of little robots and other things. So, yeah, check out the Engadget article. Um, it links to all the articles for each individual thing. It's really cool that Engadget does that the best of it's, it makes cause CES is just immense and there's just too much technology to cover it all. Uh, it's nice that they, uh, do us that favor. They don't do it for us, obviously, but okay. I'd like to think they do it personally for us. They're like, they send me an email I'm like, Hey, we just put up our best of, and, um, we know that you really enjoy talking about it. So here you go. That's not how it works. That's okay. Anyway, <clears throat> next story. 
T-Mobile starts verifying callers to fight spam. Also from Engadget. Can't tell what I go to every day, do you? So T-Mobile has for a while, and I know other carriers have also. I just, I'm on T-Mobile, so I see it every day. Every once in a while, if um, a scam caller is calling me, it'll actually say on my display, scam likely, as the caller ID. And now they're actually moving out more technology. Uh, it's only right now on a updated Galaxy Note 9, but it will be coming to more phones, uh, where it will detect a spoofed caller ID. So all those phone calls you've been getting that look like they're from your neighborhood... Those aren't actually from your neighborhood. Those are spam callers spoofing their caller ID, which is an incredibly easy thing to do, by the way. Um, this will allow for them to detect that. Which, by the set, by the way, it says here in the article, T-Mobile has launched a caller uh, caller verified system that uses new standards. Listen to the standards name. I really want to know what these acronyms stand for because it's shaken and stir. Gotta love a fun a fun acronym, you know? Clearly James Bond fans. I know, right? It's great. So um, that'll, uh, as they say in the article here, it will help you avoid yet another robotic conversation with Rachel from Cardholder Services. So good stuff there. Oh, let's see here. Next one. <laughs> Carriers did a shady thing. And surprise... <laughs> I guess I don't. I don't think so. I mean, don't we just pretty much assume they're all out to get us at this point? Uh, so basically, there was a motherboard. Uh, motherboard published the results of an undercover investigation that basically revealed that all the carriers, T-Mobile, Sprint, and AT and T, uh, are selling location data to third parties. I mean, woof, that's bad news. So, you know, the cell carriers, simply by the nature of a cell phone signal, need to know where you are because you have to connect to a tower, and that tower is in a phys one physical location, you're in another physical location. And when you get out of range of one tower, it has to automatically connect you to another one, otherwise your call drops. And most of the time, you don't notice. Sometimes your call drops. That could be it. It could just be shitty signal. But the fact of the matter is that Carriers almost always know where your phone is, and you saw by joining them and using them as your carrier, you gave them permission to do that because they have to. That's just how cell phone signal works. However, the carriers have been shown to sell that information to third parties. So, for instance, if you're a bounty hunter and you want to find someone who skipped off on a bounty, skipped a bounty. You know, uh, just go ahead and pay for it. The cell phone carrier will tell you right away, as long as you got the green. This is a problem because, obviously, for this kind of information, any other law enforcement agency or anybody would have to go through official channels and get a warrant and all this good stuff, uh, which they probably don't if this is available. Why the hell would you even try if this is readily available information that you can buy? I mean... I'm sure there's a legal reason, but just buy the info. Uh, also, another way that they profit off this, the carriers, is selling this to marketing firms, or at least a go-between that supplies the information anonymized to marketing firms, or maybe not anonymized. 
you know, it doesn't really benefit them in any way but legality. So, yikes. Um, however, on the flip side, Sean, did you think that this wasn't happening? Does this surprise I, you? I mean, I never really thought about it, but no, this doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> me so. neither. I kind of just assumed that this is probably what was happening. Um, you know, what my big concern here in all of this is, is that, okay, we now know about this and like congressmen and senators are, are calling for something to be done about it and for hearings to be held, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the, 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 first of all, the government's shut down right now. We don't even need to get into that, but even if it wasn't shut down right now, uh, the agency that would, you know, be handling this oversight and that would need to conduct these hearings would be the FCC led up by, you know, our favorite punchable face the uh, ajit pie or whatever his name is yeah. so uh you know is he ultimately going to do anything about this does he give a shit uh, that's my concern uh, especially because a lot of what this article seems to make it uh, seem like is that a lot of it is uh, democrats calling for you know investigations and things like that so um you know it's the other side who's calling for the fcc to do something about this is he really going to do anything yep i i doubt it i mean i mean i i doesn't i don't know it could be that you know, he slaps them on the wrist, things like that. Several of the companies have already said that they're going to eliminate their ties to these companies. But, you know, you, you really you, you hate to trust somebody who's made a stupid decision like this already. But it's become the standard, the status quo in our society that companies don't necessarily not do the bad thing. They just apologize when they get caught. And, you know, that, that's a problem. Kind of a big one. All right. So now on to. And now time for movie news. Sean. All right. The only movie story we've got here is in regards to the Internet Movie Database. Uh, and, and, and this actually, you know, spawns a little bit into television as well. But, uh, you know, movies in the name of the website. So we're going to put it in the movie category. So we have something to talk about. Uh, but I mentioned earlier that we would, we would bring streaming services back up once again, and this would be the article here. And that is that Amazon has, uh, announced that, uh, they're going to, uh, how do they put it here? Stock the I stock IMDB with a back catalog of dozens of movies and TV shows that are free to watch. So basically IMDB is now going to have its own ad supported video on demand space, uh, you know, free to use, stocked with a back catalog of movies and television, uh, and completely supported by ads. So I, I, I think this is kind of cool. You know, uh, any kind of free service that, that offers stuff like this, I think is a really neat thing to have, you know? Uh, so here's a little list of, of what they've uh, mentioned here that they'll have. Uh, TV shows on IMD. Oh, by the way, it's going to be called Free Dive. So TV shows on IMDb Free Dive include past seasons of Fringe, Heroes, The Bachelor, Gilligan's Island, Duck Dynasty, Quantum Leap, Born This Way, Kitchen Nightmares, and Without a Trace. Uh, movies on the service uh, that they've announced will be Awakenings, A Few Good Men, Adaptation, Drive, Foxcatcher, Gattaca, Memento, Run Lola Run, The Illusionist, The Last Samurai, True Romance, Patty Jenkins, Monster, and Woody Allen's Midnight in Paris. Uh, so 
that seems like a pretty decent little collection of movies and television shows to be offering p- to people to stream for free, don't you think? Yeah, I'm actually on the site right now, and there's some like movies that I watch regularly. Um, you know, to, I'm for looking free. at uh, you got the People versus Harry Flint. That's a decent movie. Uh, Jackie Chan's Drunken Master. I love that movie. Awakenings, like you said, uh, that movie is one of the few movies that actually gets me choked up in life. Um, Memento was a, a good movie. Mind screw. I loved that movie. Uh, Gattaca. I didn't even know what that movie was when I first watched it, but I love that movie. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just there is some good stuff on here. To be completely honest, and this is like completely IMDb has got to be a website that like. It's got to get a lot of eyeballs every day. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I know I, I know I frequent it all the time. You know, like it's the website that you always go to when you have a question about who's that guy and that thing, uh-huh. you know? Uh, and so I think, uh, I think that's really cool that they have, you know, and, and they've, they've already branched out into their own kind of on, on demand or not on demand, but like streaming programming and stuff like that. I believe we talked, you know, not too long ago about Kevin Smith doing some type of weekly series for them. Uh, so I think that's neat that they're, you know, expanding their, uh, content like that. Very true. Okay. Let's see here. So now you're on to Was that? Uh, let's see. So <laughs> the first one here is it's it's pretty special. It's pretty special. So. Yeah, no, last year it was was it it was last year that was eating Tide Pods, right? That was last year. Okay. All the all the shitty people are starting to blend together for me. Um and then I, I forget what it was called when people played that song whatever, and they were like outside videotaping themselves outside their cars as the cars coasted and they were dancing outside the door and all this bull crap. <sighs> These these idiots don't change. Gizmodo posted an article. The first dumb meme accident of 2019 is here. It is the bird box challenge. Apparently, people are too <laughs> stupid. Uh, the hot new trend is to try driving in traffic while blindfolded. I don't even know. You dumb fucks. I just, god damn it. <laughs> uh, how? Why do we keep coming up with challenges? I don't get it. You're gonna fracking kill somebody, and it, your life means nothing to me. If you do this, if you do the bird box challenge, I'm sorry. Your it, Your time is now. But please don't take anyone else with you, you bunch of jackasses. So that was more of a WTF than an LOL. Sorry, but that one that's why that one was first, because I knew it was going to piss me off. Do you have any input? Wow, the second article was much more intriguing. No, no, now I'm, I've already clicked on the second article, and as soon as I saw the title, I was like, ooh! <laughs> yeah, so Costco is now selling, on a lighter note, Costco is now selling a 27-pound bucket of mac and cheese. 
Um, now, Man. it is not a ready-made bucket of mac and cheese because that would be fracking nasty. However, it is 180 individually packed packages of elbow macaroni and 180 individually packed uh, packages of cheese sauce uh, with like a 20-year shelf life. So if you that, need, that's cool, but I really thought it was like, uh, you know, <laughs> ready-made macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Well, 90 bucks and 180 packs of mac and cheese in a bucket for 90 bucks. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, everybody likes yeah, mac it says, and cheese. It says it literally says each pouch is sealed with oxygen absorbers to protect the quality and ensure a shelf life of 20 years. Exactly. This is this is a definitely a uh, apocalypse uh, survival necessity right here. So let's see here. 180 divided by three. This would allow you to eat mac and cheese for three uh, three meals a day for 60 days. Just so you know. For three meals a day for sixty days. Yeah, I'd rather have it one meal a day for one hundred eighty days. days. <laughs> well, it just depends on how much you like mac and cheese. I don't know. All right, so uh, let's see here. Now we are on to. Oh wow! See, I had to redo my. Uh, I had to redo my stuff for the sounds for the podcast, and I didn't put Netflix on there. No, I did not. Oh, that's weird. Okay, next. Flix. <laughs> I can't find it fast enough. Screw it. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be covering movies from uh, January 14th to January 25th. Uh, the first one we're going to do is January 18th here. First movie is Glass. Next. Really? Okay. Yes. All right. Shyamalan can eat my ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, Stan and Ollie. This one I actually want to see. Um, Steve Coogan, John C. Riley, Danny Hudson. Uh, see here. <coughs> oh, you bastard. Laurel and Hardy, the world's favorite comedy double act, set out on a, ha- a variety hall tour of Britain in 1953. Diminished by age and with their golden era as the kings of Hollywood comedy now behind them, they face an uncertain future. As they start crisscrossing the country, attendances are disappointingly low. But they've always been able to make it. Next. Thank you. It, it's okay. very it long. Sounds, it sounds interesting, but uh, yeah, I don't want to hear any more in that stupid yeah. description. But it sounds like a movie I might be interested in watching because I, you know, Laurel and Hardy is kind of a famous, you know, comedy uh, duo. And, you know, yeah. There will be amusing parts of the movie, but it's probably also going to be like, you know, kind of a dark look at, you know, what happened to those two dudes when they got old. Yeah, that's the way it looks to me. Okay. Well, wow. So now we're back. We're on to January 25th. Sure. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Serenity. Not that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. I should next it just for stealing the name. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Anne Hathaway. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Jeremy Strong. Robert Hobbs. From the creative mind of Oscar nominee Steve Knight, Stephen Knight, sorry, comes a daringly original, sexy, stylized thriller. Baker Dill is a fishing boat captain, leading tours off a tranquil tropical enclave called Plymouth Island. 
His quiet life is shattered, however, when his ex-wife Karen tracks him down with a desperate plea for help. She begs Dill to save her and her young son from her new violent husband by taking him out to sea on a fishing excursion, only to throw him to the sharks. Next! <laughs> Next! <laughs> it's so bad! <laughs> it's probably not a bad movie either, but that synopsis is the worst. Oy. All right. Um... Okay, uh, two more. <clears throat> the Kid Who Would Be King. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, Tom Taylor, Patrick Stewart, by the way. Jake oh, I saw a trailer for this last night, I think. Oh, this is good. Ready? A band of young kids embark on an epic quest to thwart a medieval menace. That's it. Cool. Yeah. Patrick and it's Stewart got Patrick plays, Stewart in it. He plays Merlin, by the way. Yeah, I, I, I saw a trailer for this last night. He had long, flowing white hair. I was like, whoa, look at, look at Patrick Stewart with the long rocks. <laughs> Rocking it out with the long hair. Way to go, Pat Stew. Uh, all right. Um, Miss Bala. Gino Rodriguez. Uh, Ricardo Abarca. Abarca, maybe? I don't know. Uh, oh, that's good. Uh, Gina Rodriguez finds a power she never knew she had when she is drawn into the dangerous world of cross-border crime. Surviving will require all of her cunning, inventiveness, and strength. Eh. Eh. Yeah. All right. That is all we got for these movies. Sean, what the hell are you up to? And if you say Bird Box Challenge, I'm going to kick you in the taint. Bird Box Challenge for me. Ah. Um, <laughs> so the first thing we'll talk about, because it's the thing I have the most to talk about, I guess, and you and I have briefly discussed it already via text message and whatnot, is that uh, for Christmas I received an Amazon Echo. Uh, so um, I've been, uh, you know, trying to utilize her in my day-to-day business and finding uses for her and things like that. And I I just uh, I'm not uh, I'm not entirely sold yet. So yeah, you know I I do like the question of the day each day, and I I play Jeopardy, you know. But uh, and and there's and I've tried I've tested out several games, and honestly, like all of the games that I've tested out have been pretty amusing. You know, uh, a lot of the adventure like role playing type games I've found fun. Like uh, I don't know if you've played like the Magic Door or Escape the Room, or any of those games. But, like, those are, those are pretty entertaining. But I just don't feel like, you know, that is the the setup, you know. Uh, you know, work, you know, the device in general is just to play these audio games. You know, sure. I'd rather be spending the time playing Fallout on my Xbox. Um, yeah, it's... Uh... Uh, other than that, you know, I, I ask her for the temperature in the morning now and things like that. But then, you know, the big thing that you and I discussed was that I just, I just want her to be able to turn on my television. Uh, and cause like, you know, the, the two things that I need to turn on when I get here is my television and my, and my sound bar slash receiver. And I just want her to be able to turn those things on. And as you and I have discussed, you know, that's much more of an elaborate setup than just having an Amazon echo in your home. The fire and I still haven't. 
I still haven't decided on, you know, which method I'm going to try. And you're right, a fire cube could do it. But, you know, I got the Echo for Christmas. And by buying a fire cube, number one, I'm basically, you know, purchasing a device that is twice the cost of what the Echo was. And then number two, you know, moving the Christmas present that I just received to another room and replacing it with a device that costs twice as much that I just bought for myself. Well, you know? your, your TV's in the basement, right? Yeah, it's in our family room in my basement, sure. Okay, so you put the the Echo, the dot, on, you know, upstairs. It's just an Echo. Kitchen. It's not a dot. It's just, it's a full Echo. Oh, it is a uh, full yeah. Echo? Okay. Yeah, it's a full so you, Echo. You take that, you put that upstairs, and then you put the cube downstairs. And then that way, you can use it regardless of what story of your house you're on. Yeah, and that's probably the best option, you know, because the, the the three options that I've basically narrowed it down to right now is is that, you know, that particular uh, uh, cube. But, you know, again, you know, that's the most expensive option, but it's also the one that stays everything within the Amazon family because I feel like Amazon's kind of missing out here. You know, like they don't like they have their own Amazon plugs. They've got their own Amazon switches. You know, they've got their own Amazon branded everything to, you know, keep it within within the family. But yet there is no like Amazon branded, um, you know, home hub or, or something like a Harmony, uh, which is another well, one of the options that's that what you the and cube I- is, though is to an extent but it's also like you know we're also venturing into the whole like you're packaging it with a bunch of shit i don't need as well you know in regards to like the fact that it's the fire you know it's 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 got you know uh the, a fire it's basically a fire stick you know combined with an echo combined with an ir blaster you know i don't need any of the fire stuff you know um i just need the ir blaster and i need it to work with you know uh with the echo app I feel like Amazon's kind of missing out here by not having like their own branded IR blaster that they could ensure works with, you know, uh, with an echo because you've got the harmony. And as you and I talked about, uh, you know, from all the past reviews, it seemed like the harmony was really the thing to go. It was the go-to device to do this kind of thing. But then all of a sudden, you know, all the reviews I was reading on it as of about two weeks before Christmas or so, some kind of update was in, was, was pushed out that like eliminated, API connectivity or something like that that I don't understand and all the reviews since then have just been garbage on the product and uh, and so I'm I'm concerned with going that route even though it in the past has been the go-to very reliable dependable mode but uh, the reviews recently have been really terrible especially in regards to working with an echo uh, in that combination and then outside of the harmony there is a much cheaper device i believe called like an rbg mini or something like that only like a 30 dollar ir blaster type device but the reviews on it are only kind of mediocre to begin with and it's not uh you know supposedly like the most incredibly it works with alexa whoops (laughs) <laughs> she didn't catch that. she didn't catch that it works with the echo uh but uh but supposedly you know there are some compatibility issues there and uh and then the only other like really rudimentary way that i thought of doing it and and you and i briefly discussed this as well was in was buying just a fire stick and installing it you know, like say in my receiver or in my television, whichever way I would need to go, and then enabling HDMI CEC 
and then having her turn on the stick, which would in turn turn on the receiver and the television down the line through HDMI CEC controls. But by doing that, it would always tune the television straight to the input that the fire stick is plugged into, which is not the input that I want it tuned to when I, when I turn everything on, I, I want it tuned to live television with my DVR and everything. So, you know, it's, 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 it's just not quite there yet, you know, uh, with my setup, you know, um, I'm still working off of a very old TiVo DVR as well. Uh, you know, if I had one of the new over the air devices, it may, it, you know, it may be able to, to change things a little bit, but, um, yeah, I, I'm just, uh, that's the one thing that I really wanted to be able to do with it that I'm not able to do right now. Um, other than that, I haven't found a whole lot of uses the, cause it's in the basement in my family room and all the lights in my basement are, are overhead, you know, so I would need to replace my actual switch as opposed to, you know, just buying some smart plugs for lamps, um, which I'm going to do eventually, but not something I've gotten around to yet. Um, <clears throat> What else, uh, you know, what else do you suggest? Do you have any suggestions for, you know, other things? You know, I thought about buying a, you know, buying a smart thermostat for the house, you know. Uh, uh, really, truly, I think the most that I use mine for are my smart light switches, uh, my smart thermostat, and music. Those are the, those are the big ones. So, you know with music i mean i've been playing around with her just to see like what we have access to through the through being prime members and you know i was pleasantly surprised at the amount of stuff you know that i could call out like individual albums or individual songs that she would actually have access through through amazon prime yeah. uh, without having to subscribe to something there's a lot of you know really popular stuff that i couldn't get without further subscription but there was a lot of stuff that i could the, um uh, she can it. play my she can play my uh my pandora account which is which is nice um yeah. although Though sometimes I have communication issues with her in those regards because I'll ask her to play the Pandora or I want her to just play Pandora as if she were a speaker, you know, playing it through her own Pandora app or skill, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she will then attempt to turn Pandora on on my TiVo and uh, and and I don't want it on my TiVo. I want it on her, you know. Um, you can also, the drop-in feature we were talking about before the show, <clears throat> pardon me, is uh, very handy if you, um, for instance, I have a Echo down in my laundry room, and I can ask it to drop in, like if I left my daughter upstairs uh, playing in the living room, I could ask it to drop in on the living room, and I can talk to her and make sure she's okay if I hear a thump upstairs or something like that. Right. Well, and see, and that's another thing. Like when it comes back around to the cube, the fire cube as an option for my dilemma, is that there are certain features of of the echo that the cube does not have, and I believe dropping in is one of them. And so even if I go that route and replace the device down here with a cube and put the echo upstairs, I'm still losing out on that dropping, you know, that dropping in functionality, you know, that you would have if you had two full fledged echo devices. And so it's like, ah, you're almost damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, no matter what you choose. Yeah. There is no one perfect device, unfortunately. Right, right. 
Um, and they've almost got it with the, with the cube, honestly, you know, that's just me kind of being nitpicky there about the dropping in because it's not something that I really care too much about. My house is not that big anyway. I can just yell, you know, I just don't care that much. Um, but so I'm just being nitpicky there, but I still feel like Amazon's kind of missing the, missing the, the boat here in regards to that device that, you know, they pump out so many different, you know, devices, especially now that are all, you know, smart enabled or whatnot. I, I just don't understand why they don't have, you know, an IR blaster or something like that. that. You know, even if it's just, just an IR blaster, that's Amazon, you know, branded and, and enabled, uh, with, with the echo, you know, that could be like a $30 device. I just seems some, you know, like that RBG mini or whatever it was. Um, it feels like such a simple thing that they could be providing that they're not, I don't, it's, it's frustrating to me because I just really want it to turn my television on. It can turn my Xbox on, it can turn my TiVo on, but as you explained, that's because they're both enabled, you know, through, through skills or, or applications or whatever. Um, and and even if it were you know to take it a little more abstract, um, explain to me exactly why she can't you know turn on those kinds of things in regards to you know electrical switches versus mechanical switches. Why isn't there like you know because like remember back in the day when you had like you know a CD player but you wanted but your but your uh, your you know your car only had a cassette weird little adapter thing that plugged the cassette into your CD, into your, into your disc man. And then you could play your CDs through your, through your cassette player, you know, uh, like there should be some kind of third party device, you know, some kind of surge protector type device that you can plug electrical, you know, things like a television into that would then, you know, override their programming and give, and, and you know what I mean? And like make it a mechanical switch, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just making this up off the top of my head, but it sounds like something that could be done, but I'm sure there are people who know a lot more than I do who are just laughing at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it. Why can't you just make a device that, uh, that that overrides whatever is in my? You know, like when I watch a TV show, like they can plug a thumb drive into a computer and like download every information or install some kind of crazy virus that does whatever they want to do. Like, why can't I just plug a thumb drive into my TV's USB port that says, "No, you now have a mechanical on-off switch." <laughs> like, yeah, because everything on TV is true saying i think it i feel like it should be i feel like it should be a lot easier than it is you know in this day and age with the fact that these smart devices especially the fact that these echoes have been around for several years now you know this isn't a new thing uh this seems like a fairly simple dilemma that i'm having that uh that should have been addressed you know uh, better i don't know okay All right. I think I've complained about my echo long enough. It's fun. It's, you know, I, I've, I've enjoyed like the silly stuff it can do. Like I make her do Star Trek related things all the time. You know, she can fire, she can fire photon torpedoes and phasers and make transporter noises and tractor beam noises. And she does red alert. Okay. Yeah. She does red alert. Um, yeah. And like, she can talk like, she can talk like Pikachu. I don't know if you've enabled the Pikachu talk speak skill. Uh, yeah, she can talk like Pikachu. Uh, I played all kinds of trivia games. You can, Uh, um, if you had lighting, you could actually, when you tell her to go to red alert, she could actually turn all the lights in your house red. Cool. Uh, I've, I've enabled the skill so that she can be mean to me. 
you know, so I can just tell her to be mean to me. And then she just like, you know, constantly insults me until I tell her I've had enough. <laughs> uh, nice. It's all kinds of fun, but it's, it's all kind of things like that where it's like, Oh, I only want to do this when somebody's around who hasn't heard it before. Now that I've done it once or twice already, you know? Uh, and so when somebody, you know, when the wife came home, it's like, Oh, guess what? She can talk like Pikachu now, you know? <laughs> but after that, it's like, well, how often am I going to use this, this skill, you know? Um, uh, it's been it's, it's I'll, i will say like i don't know much about speakers and whatnot but having just like the you know because i have the, the the just the full-on echo second generation mm-hmm. uh, uh when i do play music like when i was talking to you earlier about before the show about like remodeling this basement down here when i was doing with stuff on the with the floors you know i turned her on and just had her playing pandora and whatnot and i feel like she is a really nice speaker yeah, I mean it's not audiophile speaker uh, quality, but man, I've never had a complaint. It sounds fine. I have it, you know, in my, you know, it's it's in a in my basement down here, and and so she's sitting in the corner of like a four hundred square foot family room, and you know I don't have the volume cranked up all the way at all, and uh, and and that music is clearly audible, you know, throughout the entire basement. So uh, I think it's a pretty nice speaker. If I was a more of a, of a music person, um, I, I probably might get a lot more use out of it. Honestly, I just don't listen to music a lot. Gotcha. Well, well uh, a couple other, yeah, we'll see. Well, I'll give you further updates as things progress. <laughs> um, moving on to a couple other little things that uh, just content that I have consumed lately. Uh, I believe the week of Christmas, I watched the mo- I watched Venom. I uh, had not seen Venom yet. Uh, eh is all I've got to. Eh, eh. It wasn't. I didn't really like it that much. It wasn't bad, but I didn't think it was great. And I have basically come to the conclusion that I think I just don't like Tom Hardy. <laughs> um, he was all right as Bane when he was a big jacked up dude with a mask on and talked funny and you know I didn't expect him to be a good actor but like I just didn't particularly care for his character in general um, so yeah I just think I'm not a big fan of him I, I think I don't know because it seemed co- the special effects were all cool I liked the way the suit looked and all that kind of stuff but eh, other than that Alrighty. And uh, Netflix Bandersnatch. Have you watched that? I haven't. Okay, so yeah, forget the bird box challenge or whatever it was called. Uh, the 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 Netflix phenomenon that I fell victim to was Bandersnatch, which is a a, a choose your own adventure style uh, episode of that is available on Netflix. So, uh, uh, I have never been a huge fan of black mirror. I mean, I just never got into it the first episode I saw was the weird having sex with a pig episode, which just did not draw me in. Um, however, I watched the episode that was very star Trek oriented about the, uh, the, the multiplayer online game. And I thought that was awesome. Really, really love that episode. So, uh, I gave this bandersnatch thing a chance, especially being intrigued by the whole choose your own adventure aspect of it. And we ended up doing it 
on two different nights actually, because I went back and read about the different endings that I had not seen and, uh, and, and went back through and, and got to view some of the alternate endings that I missed. So, uh, I, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a really cool concept and I hope they come out with more things like that. Awesome. I have yet to give it a try. So I plan on it eventually. I just haven't had time yet. Uh, for me, I have been watching Future Man Season 2. I binge-watched it yesterday. Um, <clears throat> I love the first one. It was basically just a season full of, like, dude jokes. And it was hilarious. That's the first two episodes and never went back to it. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know why. It's a special kind of comedy. Uh, yeah, it's not for everyone, and it's dumb comedy, but it is pretty funny. Uh, the second season uh, was actually really good, and it definitely set up a third season, so right on, guys. Um, also, let's see, what next? I, I bought a new computer case uh, and liquid cooler for my CPU. If you follow me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, I posted a picture of it there. Uh, it's the... Um, NZXT H500i is the case. Uh, it's a really nice case. I don't ha- I don't use CD drives or anything, so there's no five and a quarter bays on the front, no openings. Very nice, clean case. And, mul- and I bought mine in white and black. It kind of looks like a stormtrooper. And uh, it's just a it's just a very nice small case. So um, it's got a tempered glass side. The i version, you can get the H500 for about $70. Um, the H500i is $100, but it comes with a fan controller and RGB light controller with some RGB lights um, for the extra $30. It's, it's kind of cool. Um, you know, if you're going to have a, lo- if you're gonna have a, a tempered glass side on your case, it's, RGB is kind of the logical thing just to light it up and let people see it. Um, the cooler that I bought <clears throat> is the NZXT Kraken X62. Uh, it's a 280 millimeter cooler uh, with a radiator with uh, two fans on it and 260 mil fans. Um, the actual CPU block itself has kind of that infinity mirror effect on it where it just kind of looks like it goes forever. Um, the NZXT logo and the lights around the edges of that mirror are RGB controlled. So, you know, it changes color, does all kinds of interesting, like, patterns and stuff like that. Really, truly, I have my lighting set up to go from uh, blue to red, depending on what the temperature of my CPU is. So as the computer heats up, it changes from blue to pink, you know, to red, and so on and such forth. Um, The Kraken X62 is super nice and quiet. I've been thinking about putting some Noctua fans on it. Uh, to get it even quieter, but the NZXT fans that come with it, I don't know what model they are, but they are really quiet on their own. So if you're looking for a nice all-in-one cooler, um, Corsair has a bunch of them. You know, their H-Line is fantastic. Um, but if you have an NZXT case or you like NZXT stuff, the Kraken X62 is not bad. I enjoy it quite a bit already. So uh, that's That's all I've been up to. So, um, I got nothing, Sean. Um, what do you, what do you think the next stupid meme challenge of this year is going to be? Let's start it now. Got to be super dangerous and super stupid. It's something no logical human being who thinks past their nose would ever do. 
know. I mean, they're all they like they all seem uh, so blatantly stupid that it's hard to imagine what the next one will be. Yeah. I mean, we've already had like you know what what has there been? You know, you've got blind driving, and what was the ones you were talking about? Like, was it like uh, ghosting? Like, or not yeah, ghosting? What is it's it called? Ghosting. Uh, what is it? Go- ghosting the whip. Uh, that's what it's called. When you like, like you know, like hang outside your car as it's coasting down the road or whatever. Um, uh, before that, there was planking. People died while they were planking. Um, wow. Just. In, laying in the laying in traffic. I think that's even been done before. Uh, well, hey, you know what? The way I look at it is, <clears throat> it's natural selection. Kid who eats too many marbles doesn't grow up to have kids of his own. I'm gonna say like leaping off of structures that clearly evident it is too high to be leapt off of. Yeah. Okay. Call it like the the survive the fall challenge or something like that. That's what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Just die already challenge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> thanks for joining us, guys. Join us a uh, couple weeks for another episode. Um, we'll catch you then. I don't think anything super special is coming up. I believe the Adult Entertainment Expo happens like the week or two after CES. So maybe we'll. Uh, Maybe we'll have some stuff to <coughs> talk about there, you know? There's always fun LOLs come out of there. All right, guys, thanks for listening. See you on the next one. I could announce like an echo-enabled smart dildo. Well, they, <coughs> they had that one that uh, <laughs> ordered pizza. Afterward, ooh, remember? I like that. Kind of like <laughs> I a, don't remember that. Kind of like a Domino's dash button on the top of it. Oh, that's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs>